Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Ewan Patterson. Hello. And Jules Gill. Hello. Because all things Fallout related are going on. Mm. Um, now, we've got. I've broken this down into five different points that we're going to sort of tackle because the history of Fallout is both fascinating and fraught with different business decisions. Uh, started out as a Blackout Studios IP, uh, Bethesda acquired it. Um, and it's just the general, like I said, the general state of it is a bit higgledy-piggledy. Well, I mean, lo- looking at Fallout 76, you would not be able to tell me that Fallout 1 and that game were related mm. bar and name mm-hmm. because there have been so many changes that have happened along the way that you kind of forget how like how, how different it was when it first started out. I mean, did you guys play the first mm, game? No, my first Fallout was 3. Ah, uh, fair and enough. And then okay. I played New Vegas and 4. So yeah, that's, that's, my, that's pretty much the extent of my experience with that franchise. I'm sure that'll be the same for quite a lot of people who jumped on in 2007 when it came out. Yeah, uh, around that yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the thing is that a lot of people call that the Great Divergence, which is obviously like the reference in the game itself is when we oh, split from the... Biblical. Like, well, the thing it is, like, because in the game, obviously, yeah. that's when we split off from Fallout's like made up universe mm. and uh, many people consider the Fallout series to have ended uh, with Fallout uh, Brotherhood of Steel the, or whatever so we've got some New Testament and Old Testament and stuff then Fallout right 3 now. came out and everyone was like oh this is the Fallout experience but the purists were like no it's not and they foretold it was of the great divergence the, the best way to think <laughs> of it much. is is like the Fallout 3 fans going forward are like the lone wanderer you know like the humans setting out all happy and jolly with their music on their arm and the ones before that are the super mutants the ones yeah. that think that they're better for liking the original <laughs> games and put up with a lot of ugly stuff that's the thing so I, I kind of it was I was going to just start out with our general sort of uh, thoughts on where we are with the fandom and the franchise mm. at the minute because I my first prop one was Fallout 3 I've gone back and watched a whole bunch of gameplay for Fallout 1 and 2 I've never actually had the pleasure of playing either mm-hmm. of them but I know the certain characters from them like the leader and I know yeah, that yeah, the yeah. different armor sets originated in them um, and I know about the Wasteland series too that a lot of the devs the, a lot of Black Isle guys went across to well some of them went to Obsidian some of them mm-hmm. went across and started making, uh, making the, the Wasteland games which are more in the vein of old school top down Fallout yeah. um, but where are you guys on Fallout in general do you still like still hold it in pretty high regard for me personally it's the Bioshock universe is the top and the Fallout one is directly underneath because I love post-apocalyptic films genres anything Mm -hmm. to do with like literature and stuff like that I find myself drawn to the weird spectacle of the downfall of mankind (laughs) a thing that I would not survive very well and I mean what are my skills outside of doing some alright voiceovers I would be (laughs) I would be the first person against the wall in many cases you can paint the living hell out of some figures true true. I'd say say what when when um, 
Mephidius, the game company, actually finally gets around to sending me my copy of uh, Fallout Wasteland Survivalist. Maybe we'll play it on the channel for you guys. Um, hint, hint, Chris Birch, developer. Get in touch. Yeah, maybe wait three listening. months. Out. Um, yeah, I think Fallout, of all the great video game mm. mythoses, it's probably up there Mythies. with the very best. Yeah. And I, um, I think that a lot of that comes from, obviously, the, the groundwork that Black Hole Studios did with the first few games. And I personally, because I, I love history. History is like mm -hmm. my, my jam. I did a lot of American history. Mm -hmm. um, so I always find it massively interesting that there's this post-apocalyptic society well, this universe rather that, that never kind of evolved beyond the 1950s yeah. and the Cold War mindset and the fact that you have entire like people who almost um, worship like everything from the 50s mm. so you have the Kongs from New Vegas oh, they're like, amazing um, evolved their entire <laughs> around it. yeah so yeah I think the Fallout mythos there is no reason for why it shouldn't be compelling but that appears to be the situation that we're now in. So we will yeah. get there yes. because I want to. I kind of want to outline why those old games made such an impact because yeah. it, it was strange when they when Bethesda acquired um, the Fallout IP and you can watch uh, Danny O'Dwyer's uh, no clip documentary yep. on it was literally kind of it was kind of Todd Howard and a few of the guys at Bethesda's they were huge fans of the original Fallout and they managed to acquire the IP through mostly one of their relationships they talked to one of their people that they knew and said hey we're interested in doing something Fallout related mm -hmm. and that became Fallout 3 and so like you've played the first two yeah. um, and the general sort of like way that the story's done the narrative's done in those first two games is very different to the way it's done now um, I'd say that there are big na narrative similarities between Fallout 1 2 and Tactics uh, to maybe Fallout New Vegas is probably the closest because I'd say that New Vegas for me personally has the tightest storyline mm -hmm. um it's, it's very, very similar. Like the basic uh, premise of the first game is you live in a vault, you, uh, a water chip is broken, you're sent out to fix it, and you uncover just what the, the spectacle of the world around mm -hmm. you as you go along. So I'd say that this storytelling or the basic narrative is usually the same across all of them. You emerge from somewhere and you're like, wow, crazy, this is all, all mad. There's also something about, like, um, again, from what I've gathered, yeah. you might be able to shed more light on it, but those original two games, and three obviously carried this forward, like, for the most part, but there was always this level of detail to the world itself, this kind of mm. weird, like, quirky, mm. fun, like, yeah, really identifiable approach to it's, the wasteland. There, there's a, there's a, a weird striking of, of, like, comedy and tragedy yeah. with um, uh, Fallout, which is why I find it so appealing, mm. because it goes to the extreme of both sides you'll have moments where like you get the wild wasteland perk and you find indiana jones in the fridge and like uh, <laughs> like um what's the name of luke skywalker's adopted parents again um, oh um, uncle Owen and aunt beru yeah and you find them their bodies yeah you find their skeletons but then in the like first game you can also murder kids and you've got to make interesting decisions as to whether or not you're gonna like destroy an entire civilization of ghouls who've mm -hmm. done nothing wrong apart from just be ugly you know yeah. like it's there is an irreverent streak to it i think yeah. like there is there is a there's there's the, the, the mythos that they've created itself is very kind of like, you know, it's very big and deep. Mm -hmm. But um, there are certain occasions where the charm of Fallout comes from that kind of like dark humor. That yeah, kind of it's like, very dark you, humor. Like, and it? again, if we're going to talk about morality systems in gaming and, and kind of talking about consequences, Fallout probably, I know you can join whatever you want to yeah. in certain mm -hmm. playthroughs, and it really is up to their own, the player themselves as to how far down the rabbit hole they go with, yeah. you know, which factions they do. But yeah, like that kind of that dark humor really has carried the series. So, yeah. yeah, and I mean, you also had stuff like the secret cow level and things that were very <laughs> oh, over the what, top. In, in, like, in Diablo and stuff like that. I thought that was in a 
Fallout thing? Nah, nah, that's, Di- that's Diablo. I'm just looking. I'm thinking of old school top Cause, down cause you're games thinking about, just the, thinking but of that's the, But that's the thing. Like isometric <laughs> games like that, like the Diablo game, the loot grindy stuff. That mm. Fallout stood out very different to that because of things like the VAT system, because of the morality and choices that you got to make mm-hmm. throughout it. Like, imagine being a developer working on the first game, uh, even even on the the latest one, and just thinking, my God, how many lines of writing dialogue do mm. I need to come up with this? Because everything's going to be scrutinized. There are um, YouTubers out there like Oxhorn, who's like a personal favorite of mine, who goes into every single location, reads every single bit of literature that's on the on the ground around it, and he will tell you the story of what happened there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's still going yes. with Fallout 3 and 4, and he's been doing this for a year and a half, you're like, <laughs> okay, that's how much it was in there. Mm-hmm. It boggles the mind how one person is spending all that time doing that when they're made in a series of like, you know, two or three years at a time. It's that's like, the perfect segue because, so obviously when Bethesda acquired the Fallout IP and they made Fallout 3, Bethesda's whole bread and butter is, is world building and world yeah. design and environmental design, obviously in a 3D space that was different to the older, older Fallouts. And so when Fallout 3 landed, it, for a lot of people it was the perfect mesh of the two. You kind of mm. have the old school people being like, it doesn't feel the same way, some of the grittiness has kind of gone, some of it's been streamlined. Um, but for a lot of people, like you and said, Fallout 3 is their first taste of Fallout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the kind of, the new template for going forward, which like, you kind of look at Fallout 4 and one of the problems with that seems to be that they didn't do enough with it. It's almost like they don't know how to go forward with yeah, it. Yeah, mm. Fallout 4 is an interesting case. I don't know if I'm leaping ahead of the discussion go here. Go for it. But um, I, Fallout 4, the, the problems that we currently find ourselves in with the Fallout series, I think do begin with 4 when mm. they try and streamline the narrative and assign a role to the player. So yeah. instead of just being a random wanderer who you, you can carve out your own journey in the mm. world, you know, you, there's no voice actor in like Fallout 3 or New Vegas. You are just your own guy and you can do what you want in that in that sandbox. And Fallout 4, you are the father of um, this son. Yeah. You have a voice. Mm. You have to do this thing. And obviously, you don't have to do the story, but every single interaction you have, right down to the um, the dialogue where you just choose a thing and then he'll I say something really for you. Like that. To yeah, me, that same. is antithetical to the entire yeah. draw of that series because you are being given a role and you have to do a set thing. Mm-hmm. It's an illusion of choice. Yes. That's yeah. what it is because it's like, okay, you want to play as this sort of sarcastic, backhanded, low down, dirty dealer mm-hmm. dad, as yes. it were. Then your only choice is to press the sarcastic button and hope that it lines up with yeah. what you want whereas mm-hmm. every other game had there were some times where you would have nearly 8 to 10 lines of dialogue to choose from and they mm-hmm. were so specific that you were like that is the exact moral grey yeah. area that I want to play I as. think because it was so text driven as well it mm-hmm. meant that they could cater to way more personality types mm-hmm. whereas like like you said in 4 it's like you've got 4 things to pick from mm-hmm. and one of, the, one of the first mods that came out was someone writing out what exactly yeah. what you were going to say yeah. because it was so misleading yeah. and then you've got like the, the basic sort of story set that you're a, a father looking for his infant child. There's no reason you should do anything other than track down your child, mm-hmm. which re- immediately removed that sort of freedom that yeah. was there beforehand. Like yeah. Fallout Three, yeah, you're searching for your dad, and in New Vegas, you're a courier. But they're they're more open. Yes, like it's just there's I mean, more things you can do. I would argue, from a personal standpoint, that the courier is the best character yeah. mm-hmm. in the Fallout universe because of a little thing that a lot of people take for granted, which is he has or she has prior knowledge of the world before. Mm-hmm. It makes sense why they would be collecting. It makes sense where they would yeah. be holding onto stuff. It doesn't technically make sense if you're the uh, any of the vault dwellers because you'll come out and be like, 
Uh, why do I need these cats? What's a super yes. Like no one explains that to <laughs> mm -hmm. you except if you're in the right situation at the right time. And mm -hmm. again, that still focuses your gameplay. Whereas the curry is like, no, I know that this this is what I this I think, is the life that I live, as it were. Yeah, that's kind of been like a, a larger open world problem in general. Mm -hmm. Like like Mass Effect Three for me was one of the most stark examples because it was like the world Earth is literally being destroyed. But every here, do second. this fun stuff. Over yeah, yeah, go yeah, do all yeah, the, go yeah. fetch this person's yeah. purse. And it's like that's never going to make sense. And I think a lot of open world devs have struggled with narratives that make sense. The Witcher Three, I think, nails yeah. it. Yeah, um, reconciling that urgency with that that inherent sense of adventurism mm -hmm, that, that mm -hmm. you want to do when you hop into an open world and again Fallout 4 I really think did not get that and so I think yeah. that's one of the things that I think they tried to experiment with 4 was to put a more over narrative drive to it mm -hmm. and it, it sort of clashed with like the older dialogue systems or the older approaches that we have towards Fallout you should be able to leap in and have this big customizable experience mm -hmm. um, which lets us talk about Obsidian and New Vegas so Obsidian's devs yeah. uh, or some of the people that are working for Obsidian were uh, Black Isle people mm -hmm. um, so they came across from the original first two games and went to Obsidian and then helped make New Vegas now it's a strange thing to put out there but do Bethesda actually make the worst Fallout games and is New Vegas so much better because oh. of that Obsidian Black Isle talent no they don't they don't make the worst Fallout games. It's just <laughs> that they clearly want to make a different yeah. type of game, mm, and yeah. they're not entirely sure how to approach to give this to the audience. Like, I go to, I will go and attack Peter Molyneux for all of the lies that he said. Now, always in this video and, 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 as well. And now, and now Todd Howard is joining that rank of mm -hmm. just somebody who promised something and then just maybe didn't deliver on it, but. It's, they're not bad people, and, no, not, and, and, they, and, they, and it's not like the Bethesda people are sitting there going, "I want to make a bad game." No, they want to make a that. good game. I think like, just, yeah, it's, it's a case of potentially they don't. It sounds very, very entitled and very, very presented to say, but maybe they don't get why people like Fallout because it. Well, let's let's yeah, talk a little bit yeah. about some of the recent things. So you've got you had you, know, you had New Vegas in like what 2012, 2013, yeah, which uh, came out about a year and a half after um, New Vegas uh, 2010. Either, either way, I, I know it came out very. Short Shortly yeah. after Fallout 3, after yeah. the huge wait for yeah. that. So yeah, so you sort of had, you know, you had Fallout 3 was like Bethesda's first crack at the whip kind of thing, and it was it was mostly incredibly well received, very solid, very much them applying the Elder Scrolls formula to like mm -hmm. Fallout kind of thing mm -hmm. or the way that it played. And then Obsidian were like, we should we should do a more layered world, more layered quest options, more like more characterization, mm -hmm. customization. Mm -hmm. And then like Fallout 4, a bit middling or whatever. But we've also had Fallout Shelter, which was one of the first times when Bethesda that was went, a strange. Let's time. pivot into this sort of mobile market, and Th Shelter is a very is pretty. Solid. Charming. Like, yeah, very charming. Mm -hmm. It plays very well. And then they announced Fallout 76, and it's like, okay, that's another kind of experiment. And yeah. it's like, I, I haven't seen them take an authored step forward, a foot a step forward, because Fallout 4 felt like 3. Point, to me, it always felt like 3.5. Right. And the more I dove into the, the stuff online and watching people compare, like, the lockpicking or the hacking minigame in mm -hmm. 4 is exactly the same as 3. Mm -hmm. Some of the solutions, some of the passcodes that you can use in 3 actually just work on 4. Oh, really? That much well, is reused. That's quite And funny, so it's, it's interesting, because if you're them, um, I wonder how much they're like, this is is now our IP and we're going to step forward mm. or we're going to keep doing these side ventures and these other little experimentations because um, we're not actually that sure what to do with it. It's mm. a scary prospect to be a AAA developer um, for these exact reasons mm. because you've got to sit there thinking, okay, our last game sold really, really well. This is the difficult second album, mm. except it's not even the second album. It's the difficult fourth album. It's <laughs> yeah. the difficult fifth album. And you're just like, every single time people are going to expect bigger and better things. And how do you... Uh, accrue back the costs of development we've got to make sure that it appeals to the broadest mm -hmm. possible audience yeah. but then if you appeal to the broadest possible audience then you're not appealing to the core fan yeah. base that got you there in the first place which means you're not making a game for them you're making a game for Johnny 
toothpants. Tooth like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Johnny Destiny. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so you end up with a game that feels more homogenous the bigger you get. Like, I think yeah, as, a, as a general sort of... It's, it's obviously very... We don't know what their overall mission goal was when mm. they started with this, but it feels like, what if we took... What if we made a Fallout that tapped into the MMO-style quest generator? Yeah. Loot grindy type We've kind stuff. of seen that already with people like hunting down certain demons. Like, I'm already mm-hmm. seeing kind of like in the news cycle very Destiny-esque headlines. Mm-hmm. Like people hunting down beasts stuff. And it's stuff interesting like because it's it's not it's not as though Fallout players haven't asked for the prospect of playing with friends before or sharing a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the things that I always kind of wanted from the Elder Scrolls was potentially having the ability to hop into a friend's world and see yeah. what it's like there. Um, the problem with Fallout and having your friends with you is obviously that's that's completely buggered. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also the, the the stuff they took away when they added the ability to play with friends, you know, mm. the lack of NPCs, yeah. the, the over-reliance on those little nuggets of lore like the um, the vault logs and, and the notes and stuff and kind of expecting players to buy into that narrative when mm. they've been given so much more in the past. Mm. That, to me, seems like a pretty glaring error. There's a, there's a lot of interesting problems with mm-hmm. Fallout 76 and, like, I've really given it I gave it a solid chance. I, I enjoy the combat when it works. You can't play the game in third person if you want to use a melee weapon because the mm. the aiming is so floaty. Like, yeah, and and yeah. you and you barely hit. You barely anything. see what you're swinging at. So I mean, it's things like that. But like, you get out there, you're looking around, you're like, this is beautiful. And then about an hour later, it dawns on you. It's like, wait, why is this beautiful? Mm. Like the the bombs have just gone off. This is the peak point when things should be looking absolutely horrid. Mm-hmm. I get that the water is irradiated, but if you're showing me stuff that looks like a postcard from like <laughs> a, like a holiday that I would genuinely go on, yeah. it makes no sense because then in New Vegas, Fallout 3, we get those green, greys, browns. Yes, they're dull color palettes, mm-hmm. but that reflects a more yeah. nuclear thing. So, so they should, in theory, 3 and New Vegas should be looking more like Fallout 76 because the world is healing and getting better yeah. but it is the other way around yeah. and it's it, it's so confusing that exemplifies their sort of the, the clash of identities that mm. is kind of at the heart of why it, things feel so off at the minute with mm. Fallout because like yeah like you said it's it's big and bright and colourful and luscious and that's but, not right, Fallout look at the marketing campaign yes the, the marketing campaign of using is it the Beach Boys uh, or the Monkeys uh, so, yeah. or wouldn't it be nice yeah, who's, oh, it's I think that is yeah, yeah. one of the two yeah. so it, it's one of those things where it's like Okay, not only is that the wrong genre, like wrong time of music yeah. to be pip, to be plucking from, but also why? I think they're like, trying to. Stri- okay. I think they're to, to like, their credit. I think they are trying to strike a tonal distance there. Like everything like, is dreadful, but you know but we'll have, have this. Have some fun together. Yeah. I get that, but yeah. it was just kind of like what an odd marketing campaign. You know what it reminded mm. me a lot of? Remember the old Call of Duty multiplayer adverts where it'd be like, "Oh, it's Dave from the Office. We oh, can up online yeah, and play yeah, together." That, that, and that was odd it, as well. It's very, it's very weird, and it's it's just one of those things I can't quite put my finger on because I'm still struggling to understand who this game is for. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. That's kind of my thing too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an identity crisis, uh, but I will say there are elements that I like about yeah. mm-hmm. seventy six. When you do meet up with a party and you do play with friends, it is quite fun. Right. I I have enjoyed moments in that, and I do enjoy going for quests that remind me similar to like Borderlands or mm-hmm. World of Warcraft style thing of like go here. It's just the way the story is told is non-existent. I don't like reading stuff when it when it, I feel like a person should be telling me or like a cutscene. There's no interaction, and you find that how can you invest in a world if the world is keeping you at arm's length, just going ah just just go and read something just go here at this point I'd, I'd rather take the other settlement is in need of help guy yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh Preston Garvey yeah, like, yeah, I would, I would rather be God, yeah. it comes to something yeah. Preston Garvey is a yeah, better out of content than the majority of 76 yeah. um, because yeah Forbes just did a very recent uh, write up where they compared exactly what Todd Howard said when they first announced 76 mm. compared to what is actually out there and for the most part like it's fine like it's just that you have to very you have to really scrutinise what Howard said because mm. he said like we'll be going up against uh, dozens of other players in the world and there's 24 per it's instance like, technically so, Technically, right. that's more than yeah. one dozen. Yeah. Um, and so, and he talks about 16 times the detail of Fallout 4 in 76. I mean, if that, you're talking about God race, then yes. Or, or just like general <laughs> color palettes are cranked up. Yeah. And it's like, but that thing about like, they're trying to make this play space that is is immediately inviting. And it's kind of got that like sardonic, like twisted sense of humor because they've used the Beach mm. Boys, but you're still in the apocalypse with a giant dragon bearing down yeah. on everybody. Um, and so, or like a death claw or something. And it's like, they're trying to tick every single box, but I just, I don't get a sense of authorship from that at all. I get a, I get like a, I don't know, like a, a financial meeting and say, oh, we should do this, this, and this because these things are profitable and we'll use this IP. It's funny that you look around and you see other games representing Fallout better than hmm. that. I mean, there's a hey, game Metro. that's coming out at the end of, um, uh, yeah, Metro's a great example. Yeah. Uh, we played that at EGX, mm-hmm. didn't we? And we were, we were quite surprised with how 
how I, much like, like looking at that now compared mm-hmm. to that if you told me that that was Fallout 76 I would have been like I'm bang on for this <laughs> I'm bang on like this world seems to fit the Fallout yeah, universe very very well the way well. that um, I mean it's they're different obviously different authors different mm. origin different IPs but like the way that Metro approaches its apocalypse is mm. way more considered and way, yeah. way more like weighty so it's, I was going to say it's nice yeah. counterweight because you mm. have Fallout which takes a look at like American culture during the mm. Cold War and then you have this uh, Russian perspective mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. other one which mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. That's speaking way more... of uh, Russian perspective we were talking about Atomic Heart oh, we? yeah, that's yeah. coming out at the end of next year mm-hmm. and that's sent to, meant to be set in a sort of like alternate USSR sort mm-hmm. of like and they've got all of their crazy technology that they were working on but it is again hampered by the time yeah. constraint and technology and it just looks weird it looks like um that very famous um, theme park that they use in the Call of Duty level. Oh, in uh, Propriet. Propriet. Yeah, that's Chernobyl. It yeah. looks like an entire world mm. based around that. Yes, that's cool. And like, mm. I'm bang up for that, again, more than I am for I mean, that, even if you take that as like a piece of iconography or mm. like, you know, that exemplifies Fallout 3. Mm. I mean, that style of like the, like the color palette wise in terms of something that has been destroyed and you sort of look at you know, like, the greens. Yeah, the, I can see yeah. that there was once humanity there. I think, it's, I think we should uh, talk about the state of Bethesda's game design, like the actual engine. Okay, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. because yeah. it's it's very clear now a lot of people like you know made um, you know kind of just didn't mind too much back when Skyrim came out it's like, oh it's funny the giant hits the thing unless you're on, on PlayStation 3 yeah and it can't the game completely yeah. unplayable and yeah. so like that, that level of what some people refer to as like Bethesda junk has been there for years um, but you look at the you know the general AAA space and you it, it's just I, I don't like using words like it's unacceptable mm. but like you look at the state of Fallout 76 versus something like a God of War or Red Dead 2 mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. Bethesda are on the same nylon the same bracket Sorry. Triple A, yeah, of yeah. size, resources, team size, yep. resources, income, all that kind of Fallout Shelter did make a nice, pretty packet for them. They have time on their side yeah. as well because they could literally just sit there and go, a new Fallout game is coming mm-hmm. and everyone will be like, I will wait until the ends yep. of the earth. They've said that with the um, new Elder Scrolls yes. game that's mm-hmm. coming out yep. and everyone's just like, cool, we know it exists, so thing. I'm happy to wait. That was one of the things that stung so much with Fallout 4 was because they took their sweet time. It was mm-hmm. almost, it was like, what, eight years? Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, seven years. And um, and then it came out and it was the same bugs. It was the same scripting issues. Yeah. And 76 has T-posing enemies coming at you. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah. weird because Todd Howard was in an, uh, earlier on was in an interview earlier this year uh, talking to an American uh, German site called GameStar right. and um, he was saying that they're going to keep using the creation engine for Elder Scrolls 6 and for Starfield Ooh. because the modders love it and I'm like the, the people might love modding it they love modding anything mm. to, you to, can't to, to gear honest, towards that I, I would actually prefer if they went back to the engine that they used Game for, Rio. for um Fallout 3 and 7. That was Gambrio, yeah. Because mm, I don't know why I it's that. It's just that ugly nature. It's like watching <laughs> old horror films, like yeah. watching Nosferatu. It I, still yeah. looks utterly creepy because yes. it was filmed with crap and the effects were crap. Yeah, that's why the thing works very well. It's just interesting because I guess part of, part, you could argue mm. that part of the charm with Bethesda's games is the way they look and the way they mm-hmm. feel and the way mm-hmm. characters walk around in a very robotic-like fashion, yeah. whatever. Um, I do think that maybe the moment has passed for this sort of thing to just so. cut cut it anymore yeah. because I mean we all we all enjoy a bit of like a T posing enemy coming to get yeah. you because it is hilarious. Yeah. But it, if that's the final boss. It, when we yeah. when we look to the future and and what we expect from the games industry going forward, we don't we, we want to see Tamriel reimagined in a beautiful, hyper-detailed mm. way. We want to see kind of the world of Fallout in a really detailed way. And I get that Bethesda's entire shtick is that, but saying that we're doing it to cater to the hardcore who mod, mm. that's all fine and dandy, but who says that making a new engine will make it difficult or yeah. place limits on, on people They're doing that sort of creative and content? They're the only ones that can actually yeah. detect 
determine whether exactly. that happens. If yeah. they actively just go, we're going to make an engine that is hard to yeah. mod, that's on them. Exactly. Like, they could easily consider, like, have that in mind. Mm-hmm. In fact, if they appeal to that audience by saying, going forward, we will make something mm-hmm. that gives you the assets and stuff that we use to make stuff, people would love yeah. that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think that the, the modern community, that, obviously there's a huge mm-hmm. modern community that supports Elder Scrolls to this day, mm-hmm. but I still think they have to be a fraction of the overall consumer yeah. base that are buying the games and sustaining like that franchise. But and it is worth like addressing the thing that you said as well mm-hmm. about like going forward, you expect a certain level of like graphical fidelity mm-hmm. because I've been one of the biggest um, prop- I've been one of the biggest champions of gameplay over graphics, and that's mm-hmm. I've always that's always going to be the case. But I think there has to be a baseline level of polish and a baseline level of you know, yeah. especially when it's impacting on gameplay yeah. as well. Yes, like that's the same. When it gets yeah. in the way of like the beats that you're trying to land, mm-hmm. like if you literally can't connect to other people online, or if yeah. the server crashes yeah. because you launched three, three nukes at once, yeah. then they are massive problems. And, yeah. and modders like okay, yeah, you can hand it over to the modding community, but they shouldn't have to. The modders aren't getting paid for it. The thing is, like, modding shouldn't make your game playable. That's, like, the basic Mm -hmm. rule of thumb. Like, Mm -hmm. it should just be there and accessible for everyone to Mm -hmm. play. That's the whole point of of trying to appeal to a broader audience. But the funny thing is, is that this year... We can honestly say now, and this isn't me just getting like on my high horse about it, because I did, like I say, find things I liked about Fallout 76. No. But, 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 but <laughs> Fallout 70, this isn't even the best Fallout game we got this year, because uh, modders have actually put out Fallout oh, yeah. Miami, uh-huh. and that is fantastic. It's nearly fully voiced. All of the stuff makes sense. You're, it explains so much as to why you're in this world. Mm-hmm. And the quests are apps, like literally brilliant. Yeah. Like They're <laughs> written so well. This has taken modders I years. To make. Int- totally would suggest yeah. playing it. I was going mm-hmm. to. I, I would be interested to see if Bethesda use these modern communities to actually hire, mm. because if they're not, it, it does almost feel a little bit predatory. It's mm. like we're going to make this game and then put it out to people, and mm. then their free labor will then provide the incentive for people on PC and Xbox One, because now they can do mods as well mm-hmm. or to play it and download a few of them. Mm-hmm. Let's say so if you're on PlayStation, that's uh, a really like that's a huge conversation. Yes, because, exactly. Um, I don't want to leap straight into that, but no, it's no, just, no, but just it, something I'm optioning forward here. Totally. Well, yeah. it's worth addressing the fact that they do have this massive community mm-hmm. side of things. I mean, um, was it Shivering Isles was the big um, expansion? That was one of the Skyrim? That was one of the big Because there was... A, um, that was uh, Oblivion, I think. Was it Oblivion? Because there was, dra- there was Dragonborn was. for um, yeah, yeah. Skyrim. Point yes. being, one of the um, community members made this entire like chunk of additional content. It might have been for Oblivion, might mm-hmm. have been for uh, mm. Skyrim. And then they managed to get a job in the industry. Everyone always assumed that they'd been hired by Bethesda. They actually went to work for Bioware. But there was a future for that person saying, yes. look, I can do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that conversation is fascinating in terms of who owns the IP and what they can mm-hmm. do with it. Mm-hmm. But when you've got when you've got the fan community kind of literally showing the you know the authors this is kind of what we want I mean the success of Miami and the conversations around mm-hmm. it will dictate how Bethesda go forward yeah. but it's it, that is incredibly unique for Bethesda and for Fallout there, there isn't any other IP right now where um, you know the, the fans are going this is how it should be done yeah it's, it's weird isn't it because again you want you kind of sound entitled when you say stuff exactly. like that but at the same time I feel like people do have a sense of ownership on it because of the amount of time that people have put in mm-hmm. on the mods because of how beloved it is mm-hmm. yeah. so it's the same with Star Wars and any other massive franchise mm-hmm. isn't it I mean like you end up getting a fan base that's split right down the middle between those that will accept what's being put out mm-hmm. and those that just say look it could be better well mm-hmm. yeah that's fair enough I mean I, I probably would forego the Star Wars comparison personally but that is a sometimes yes. very toxic but in title fan but yeah um, the, the stuff the thing with Fallout is that the community do put in a awful lot mm-hmm. into that series and the same goes for the Elder Scrolls and it, I just think it is interesting to consider whether or not Bethesda are relying on that community to potentially retain a sense of good faith because mm. it's to be to Bethesda's credit there aren't many um, games these days that allow players to really tell their experience with mods etc mm. um, but it, it, there is something a bit iffy 
iconography about it that I don't particularly like. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a strange conundrum because mm-hmm. they've been in hot water with it before in terms of how they monetize it. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, it became the Creation Club and they had their own little currency and it's like, you can go in and, oh, you know... Oh, didn't they try... Was it them who tried to make mods purchase? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, yeah. Um, yeah. But that went away. Then it, mm-hmm. it came back as the Creation Club and they just, you know, they changed the currency mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And obviously, there are ways that I think that uh, modders get reimbursed for certain things they put out on uh, PC and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just... It is... I just think it's a, it's a hell of a weird disconnect between mm-hmm. what Bethesda's trying to do. If you just if you take 76 as an isolated product, it's this yeah. online MMO shooter type thing that's kind of in the vein of a Destiny or in the vein of any sort of quest loot grindy type online experience. And you contrast that with Fallout Miami and you yeah. look at the history of the franchise and you look yeah. at this, all these narrative backbones and story backbones and immersion and all that kind of stuff. And where 76 is now, like you said at the very beginning, is almost the polar opposite of where those older games mm. started. Um, and it's just like I don't know how they necessarily go forward with it I think one of the biggest problems with 76 is that lack of polish Yeah, you play it for a bit and you you get exactly what it is a lot of people are suggesting and worryingly I think it's actually picking (laughs) up steam that this might actually go free to play soon oh really yeah there's been a rumbling well because because Mm. the sales are down nearly 40% sort of 40 to 50% down on the sales for Fallout 4 there's planned DLC expansions coming but obviously that Mm-hmm. won't be going ahead mm-hmm. if there's no player base for them. People there have been very, very negative about it. I've seen scores of even the low 20s. There's out a, lot of layer, a lot of low like, stuff. And I will, I will say that I'm... It's, it's a less than average game. It's not like downright terrible. Mm-hmm. There are elements to enjoy, like I say, but just it's the worst Fallout game yeah. I can remember playing. Mm-hmm. And so therefore... A free-to-play model actually kind of makes because sense. Because isn't that what happened yeah. with Elder Scrolls Online? Because that, yeah. that's an interesting example for me as well. Because that wasn't that was any. Yes, that wasn't. It wasn't yeah. um, but again, that's probably another interesting example because that started out as being very. That was that was you had to buy it, and then yeah. eventually there are certain aspects of it that they changed a lot yeah. of the monetization yeah. with that. They kind of relaunched it and yeah. uh, kind of went back on it and stuff. I mean, they're, they're, it's weird because it's like the, if you go back to that Forbes thing and, and and what Todd Howard said when they first announced it, he was mm-hmm. like, "We're going to have this online play space, multiplayer Fallout. You know, you guys will decide the good people and the bad people." Yeah. Yeah. and all that kind of stuff and it's like I can envision an online Fallout product where because of the timeline you have the fo- well you could have had the formation of the Brotherhood of Steel you have the formation yeah. of the different yeah. factions and the way that you play that very, very maybe like, yeah, yeah, like, like slots that. into yeah. those different ways of playing and then over time they can have all these dynamic events that they just plug in and mm-hmm. be like hey randomly on a day they'll trigger like an event on a certain yeah. part of the map and everyone goes there and hey what do you know the survivors became this faction like maybe another vault unlocks and it's the first yeah. group there that yeah. can go claim the rewards from it. that would be fun yeah yeah and because they, they, there aren't super mutants in this yet, I don't think. Uh, there are super mutants okay. in there it. There were yeah, some yeah. classes and so well, it was like um, the Scorched are the replacement for some. Yeah, which is annoying because the Scorched are perfect NPC candidates. If mm-hmm. you've got humanoid characters in mm. there, then just make them uh, quest givers. Yeah. I don't understand. Like Instead of having a Mr. Gutsy or uh, like a, one of the robots floating about giving mm-hmm. you the quest, mm-hmm. just have a human. That's all it took. Yeah. That's, that, yeah. uh, that's all it took. I wonder, if it's just, I wonder if it is a problem with the engine and they couldn't get the dialogue to sync up. I don't know. It just feels yeah. like it's such a thing, it's such a weird oversight. Because it feels like they've stripped stuff down to make the creation yeah. engine work with yeah. this vision of an online fallout. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we might as well end on th- on things that we want to see going forward or we'd like to see going mm, forward. For, mine, for this For 76, game. yeah, okay. because mine would be this way of doing like some sort of faction-based thing with dynamic events yep. that just happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the coolest things that not anywhere near enough devs are doing is what um, Elite Dangerous's devs did, um, where, you, you know, you, Elite Dangerous, you fly around different planets. Trading. Well, trading's <laughs> yeah. good fun, but they just put an alien attack in the game. Nice. So one player was attacked by a massive alien came into his view 
and was like, what the living hell is this? Yeah. That's brilliant. Recorded the footage, put it online and said, guys, has anyone else had this? No one else had. And got this massive conversation going. But you can do all you can do all those sorts of yeah. things with a live service. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to see them embrace that and, and trigger cool. like, you know, a new species or trigger certain characters or events or whatever. And just, you know, do the community stuff well. Mm-hmm. For, for me, it's about making sure that one of the things that they actually promised on is actually fleshed out more, which is PvP. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that a lot of people won't be going into this, like looking for a PvP experience or at least like, you know, uh, they'll do it minimally. But as it stands at the moment, say I want to attack Ewan, I have to shoot Ewan or hit him and he has to hit me back only when you're a certain level and then it engages a sort of gloves off fist <sighs> fight. It's, it's very, very minimal it's and it, it, like it, Quinsbury rules and, sir and, and, there are, there, and there is no reward for doing it no. apart from just getting a bounty on your head and yeah. maybe stealing some supplies that you've got and I can't See, I think that's because they want you to build the wasteland yeah but, it, but then don't advertise it that it was mm-hmm. it because it, the wasteland's meant to be chaotic and yeah. mental and this just people be, will like, like, people, well, yeah. well, excuse me good sir I, yeah. I challenge you, you to yeah. it's like no thanks I'm just going to walk away good so I'm shooting you for no reason then <laughs> so this will do no, brilliant cool yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really weird because I've I've just it's just dawned on me that I'm really sad talking about Fallout, which it shouldn't be the case because I think the no. world is so charming and so interesting, but Fallout 76 fundamentally doesn't have any of that due to the narrative issues yeah. that we talked about. So personally, going forward, I think Bethesda would probably do well to introduce a narrative piece of content where it was separate from the open world and you could team up with two or uh, four people mm-hmm. and just do the story together yeah. mm-hmm. uh, have the party leader interact with um, choose the dialogue and you can have yeah. a voting system potentially yeah that would be fun but, uh, yeah. like a proper cooperative experience of people that the, the, the main draw for Fallout is the story in the world yeah um, because right now I just don't see the appeal in just fanning around in the wasteland, just mm-hmm. looking at crap. So That's yeah, another yeah. thing too is that the 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 way that the quests are designed at the minute, it's a lot of fetch quests. And or it's, it's a, a lot, lot of just walking. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, it's fine. It would be okay if the mm-hmm. world felt more populated with creatures and yeah. enemies and stuff like that. I think if they do go free to play, I think people will check it out of sheer curiosity. Absolutely, and if they've yeah. managed to put something in there that's enough of a hook, um, because I mean, even Sea of Thieves is still going. They're still plugging content mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. it, even if the you know initial reception of Sea of Thieves mm-hmm. was pretty empty. And uh, you know, personally, I don't think there's that much to it. But the devs are still supporting it. Um, Bethesda have more than enough money and resources to do a No Man's Sky and just plug in a million cool things. Um, Because, yeah, something like No Man's Sky, the state of that right now is just completely polar opposite to what it was at launch. Mm -hmm. So maybe there is a future for the Wasteland. 2019 will be the year of the underdog. We've got Battlefront 2 coming back at it with the Clone Wars. (laughs) We've got No Man's Sky. Maybe Fallout 76 will join the crew. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, there's definitely plenty of time between this and the next, like, full-on Bethesda game. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to wait and see. But let us know what you think. Get in touch with us on social media or let us know down in the comments this has been the what culture gaming podcast i'm your host scott tailford joined by you and hello and yules hey and bye <laughs> bye and bye <laughs> see you later guys bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.